This is why small business matters from Northumbria University, supporting small businesses with the Help to Grow Management Programme. Hello and welcome to this episode of Why Small Business Matters, the podcast that provides a platform for successful small business leaders to tell their stories. My name is Matt Sutherland and along with my fellow podcast presenter, Sarah Stevenson, we welcome two influential business brains active in the business world who will be sharing their experience and advice on the challenges facing SMEs today. And today we're delighted to be joined by Charlotte Keenan and Michael Heyman. Charlotte leads the Office of Corporate Engagement's International Responsibilities at Goldman Sachs and serves as Global Head of 10,000 Women. She's a member of the EMEA Inclusion and Diversity Committee and, having joined Goldman Sachs in 2015 as an Executive Director, was named Managing Director in 2019. Prior to joining the firm, Charlotte was Chief Executive of Tony Blair's Foundation and previously worked in banking at JP Morgan Casanova in London and Jefferies & Co. in Houston. Charlotte also serves as chair of the Expert Advisory Council for the UK government's Help to Grow Management Programme for Small Businesses. We're also delighted to be joined by Michael Heyman, chair and co-founder of the campaign firm Seven Hills. Michael is an entrepreneur, broadcaster, author and campaigner for the ideal of business as a force for good. He's chair of the Small Business Charter, the award for the UK's world-class business schools, and is a member of the UK government's Help to Grow Management Advisory Council. He's the national chair of entrepreneurs at the private bank and wealth manager Coots, and co-founded the national campaign for early-stage enterprise Startup Britain, which was launched by the then Prime Minister, David Cameron, and fully supported by Her Majesty's Government. Let's kick off. You've both got extremely impressive CVs and biographies, but I just wonder whether you can give our listeners an insight into what motivates you uh, to get up in the morning and makes you excited to turn up for work. Charlotte, do you want to kick off? Yeah, I'll um, I'll, I'll, I'll kick off. Uh, so I work at Goldman Sachs, where I'm responsible for all of our corporate engagement um, internationally. And, and what that means is really focusing on how Goldman Sachs shows up in our communities, uh, what we're doing for uh, those around us, how we are uh, using our capital, our convening power, our insights um, to, re- to, re- to really inform and, uh, and shape ultimately with the goal of supporting economic growth, which is where 10,000 small businesses comes in. So I'd say that's, that's a key part of my day job. And, and, and I often say to people that I've got probably the best job in the firm because through 10,000 small businesses, we support high growth SMEs um, across the United Kingdom. We also run the program in in France and and the US, but really for those business owners and founders to take them to the next level. And that's a pretty awesome place to be because uh, not only have I got the uh, support and the infrastructure um, of an organization like Goldman, what I spend my days doing is is you know working with people like Michael um, and bringing partners to bear and, and bringing the resources of of the firm to bear to help some of Britain's most exciting entrepreneurs. And uh, so to date, we have um, trained over two thousand, and they are some of the most dynamic, exciting, um, high energy, smart individuals that I've ever had the. Uh, the good fortune of of working with. And so I find that I learn every single day. I find that I learn from different stories, different perspectives. And and so it's really 
what gets me up. It's it's the fact that I'm learning. I'm learning from many different people, and I get energized uh, from spending um, spending my time with with individuals like that. Well, I I build on that and very 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 um, uh, much identify with everything Charlotte said. There was I think if you're if you get to work with entrepreneurs, if you get to work with small businesses, you do see one of the most dynamic parts of the economy in a very, you know, very real way. And my day job is, um, has always been about working with, with, um, with entrepreneurs. Um, and it's a real passion area for me, because I think when you're looking at, um, people that change things, whether it's contributions to communities through to creating the kind of game changing products and services of the future. I mean, you know, a, a lot of that comes from, people with an idea that they want to to take to market and um i think that you know however however you look at that along the continuum from um people that just want to run a small business well to those that actually want to become a real kind of agent of change and and do something on a global level it's a it's a really dynamic space um and and an exciting space and one where you get so much positivity, you can't help but get out of bed um, with a smile on your face about it because, you know, it's, it's a sort of an, it, it, it demands it, right? And I think that, that, that it, it's where you see so much optimism at play in it. And it's a, it's, it's a sort of wonderful uh, part of the world to be working with. My, my day job is very much on the marketing communication and campaigning aspects around that, but obviously working on, a, um, on, on the help to grow management um, side of it through the Small Business Charter is... Um, is the other the, the other side of the, the of, of that mirror i guess charlotte you mentioned ten thousand small businesses and michael you mentioned the help to grow management program these are two dedicated business growth programs aimed at supporting small businesses but what type of business enrolls on these type of programs I, th- I think i think it really is is the variety and and i mean re- reflecting on on both of them so We've been running ten thousand small businesses in the UK since two thousand and nine, um, and then I and then I chair the advisory uh, council for Help to Grow, which started a, a couple of years ago under the, under the former chancellor. And you know, fun, fundamentally, both programs are um, are pretty similar in that they get the goal that you need to support the business founder and 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 and, and the business leader, and you need to give them the skills and the opportunity, but frankly, the headspace, <laughs> uh, the networking, uh, the peer-to-peer support that they need to to grow their, their businesses. So the profile, look, I mean, you, you know, the similarities between both programs, um, you know, equally they're, they're, they're very different in, 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 in market. You know, Goldman Sachs, 10,000 small businesses. We work with about two to 300 businesses a year. Um, help to grow. We're obviously working with many, many uh, thousands of, of businesses a year a, a, across the country. So as I was discussing with, uh, with, with, with Rishi Sunak when he was chancellor, in some ways best to think about it as help to grow is that the scaled version of, of 10,000 small businesses and the reason that the government set up help to grow was really a recognition based on the evidence that we have seen from 10,000 small businesses that these programs work right and they work and they're not just a nice thing for the business owner to do they work in terms of increasing revenue growth they work in, in terms of um, increasing the number of jobs that these businesses are generating they're giving business leaders the skills whether it's taking on external finance whether it's thinking better how to manage their teams whether it's 
thinking through the sustainability challenges or, you know, the Brexit challenges or internationalization or, you know, and frankly, all the opportunities that that, that those, 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 those factors throw up. So, you know, we, we also believe that diversity is the key to success, right? And actually in all the classrooms and cohorts, the more diverse, the better. I'd say, I'd say the one common stream and goal, certainly for the for our Goldman Sachs program, is we want businesses who are ambitious, right? We want we want business leaders who are growth hungry and and want to take their business to the next level. But in any classroom, we will have uh, you know gin distillers, marketeers, um, you know construction companies, service companies, you know food 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 provision you name it, because I I really believe it, that one, that that diversity is key and it helps the learning process, but also the challenges that a small business leader faces are pretty pretty consistent, <laughs> regardless of what of what sec- sector you're in. I don't know, M- Michael, what you would you would comment on on that and be- agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I very much agree with that. And, um, you know, I think speaking on a personal level, I mean, I, I founded my business in, in 2010 and you know would reflect that that point of the story of a long-term under provision of training for small firms and entrepreneurs and and actually um um 10,000 small businesses was was relatively new um in into the marketplace in those early years and stood alone in in many ways as as being a really significant um piece of 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 training and of support for for small firms and you know if i reflect on um, the Startup Britain campaign, which I I co-created, was that you know that that celebrated I guess the the um, the small business renaissance. Um, huge numbers of businesses being created every year. A story which has gone on. You know there are eight hundred thousand small firms created every, every year now in the UK. But actually, how you give them better survival uh, prospects, and actually how you give them the sort of the tools to, you know, survive and thrive are, are, are more than just sort of like, you know, sort of um, academic points. I mean, they're very real stories that people go through when they put everything on the line to actually cr- to, to create their own firm. So I think at both a, you know, a sort of micro level, pos- you know, of, of experiencing, you know, the first couple of years in business, which I, I remember one entrepreneur called it the valley of death, you know, that kind of like, you know, very, very, Large numbers of of, um, of small firms don't survive those first few few years in business, um, and you know that kind of access to training skills and know how is a really important part of the survival kit. Um, and I think, especially now, you know these are very tough times for um, for for small firms um, um, in, in general. Um, and um, I think that making sure that there is ever more provision to actually help. Um, those companies sort of, um, you know, prosper is, is a really important um, priority. And I think, you know, I just echo Charlotte's point, which is that I think I think help to grow was a was a really important part of the answer to that. Here at Northumbria, we have been supporting SMEs for decades, and maybe more intensively over the last ten years. And these business growth programs, as we talk about, have been a great vehicle for supporting small businesses. But Michael. Why is this and so? Why is it so important? Why is it so important to help small businesses and especially now? At Nesta, the, um, the the charity and research company, came up with a, a very interesting um, um, statistic some years ago, which they called the Vital Six Percent 
um, of companies that create 54% of all net new jobs. And they tend to be entrepreneurial businesses. They tend to be young businesses. They tend to be inexperienced businesses, but they are, they're hungry for growth. And so they are net new employers. They are um, disproportionately important for things like the tax take. And they are hugely important when you think, look at things like the innovation landscape. So it, it's very important that we have a, have a thriving entrepreneurial um, baseline in, 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 in the UK, because that is where, you know, there are so many exciting, um, you know, points of progress will come from in the future. And I think, you know, I, I sort of think about that sort of period of time that I've been working. I mean, many of the businesses that were, you know, that were, sort of, were, were, were even dreams, you know, businesses like Airbnb, Uber, many other sort of companies, they were, they, they were, they were not even functioning businesses um, back in the sort of early 2000s um, now look at it and of course things happen very quickly and they happen amongst that dynamic entrepreneurial part of the economy so the you know nationally we have something at stake here which is that we need to be very much sort of seen as an entrepreneurial nation um, to, to make progress but I think you know that that speaks to the, the ultra high ambitious point to it but I also think that that small firms are the bedrocks of local communities and and you know and I think you can look at strong civil society alongside strong economic and entrepreneurial bases as being you know very good reflections of each other and and you find that a lot of small firms, whether it's running news agents or whether it's running small manufacturing businesses, are are very, very important parts of the, you know, I suppose that social infrastructure. Um, so it's very much in our in our interest to support it and see it thrive. Yeah, and I I, I just throw in a couple more stats there, Michael, to to back up your your, your Nesta stats. I mean, the the last count, I mean, seventeen million jobs in this country are in small businesses, and it's over you no know, fifty. 50% of private sector revenue is generated by small firms. So if we're going to grow and we're going to grow our economy, we we have to invest and we have to support this, this population. And again, for all the points that you eloquently mentioned, Michael, you know, that the innovation, um, the the ideas, and you and you highlighted some of the you know the great British success stories in there, but I, but I agree with you. I think it is absolutely to the point that small businesses are the bedrock and foundation of communities. You know, we saw we saw that during the pandemic, right? Um, and the move to support small, the move to to support local. Um, and what that does for a community, village, town, um, region. Now more than ever, uh, we need small businesses and we need to support small businesses, right? And we need to give them every every tool in their armour to to get to get through what's what's ahead. But I'm aware that also sounds quite negative and and just to, you know, we had um twenty or, or so of our, our small business alumni. Uh, here at our Goldman Sachs headquarters a couple of weeks ago for a you know just a kind of a roundtable discussion again you know what are what are the key things that are that are front of mind and I kind of opened the discussion on a my goodness you know we're all together it's really tough out there inflation energy costs uh, talent shortages you know etc and I hit the tone completely completely wrong because all of them were doing really well um they they're all the mindset that they see opportunity in a crisis and i think and i think that's the you know the underlying nature of some of the really talented entrepreneurs in this country is they have exactly the mindset that when things are turbulent when things are difficult they find opportunity and they thrive 
So, you know, I look at our exporters in our population, right? And, you know, the, the diversification and, and the internationalization that they've, they've spent, you know, the last number of years building up, you know, they are doing staggeringly, staggeringly well <laughs> at, at the moment. Um, so, you know, all of this, all of this just ties back to that first point is, you know, why, why we get up in the morning. And I think it's because when you see the dynamic, um, gritty, uh, resilience that these businesses demonstrate. It's really, it's pretty humbling and it's pretty impressive. Mm. Can, can I just build on that as well? Because I, I think, I think there is that. I think there, you know, there's an element of showing the right stuff. There's the right character, but there is also something about the right contribution about why these businesses matter, Matt. To your, to your question, is that, you know, because I, you know, I think about something like the whole debate about business as a force for good and an agent of change. I mean, if you look at something like B corporations. I mean, that, that is overwhelmingly populated now by small and growing firms that would come under a kind of small to medium-sized enterprise sort of, you know, ca uh, categorization. And I think, you know, a lot of um, small businesses have got a real sense of trying to make a difference. And I think that whether that's on, you know, a, a kind of global stage where, you know, you want to be a Paul Lindley sort of changing the way that kids sort of consume sugar and you create Ella's Kitchen as a as a result. We know that that's one that's one good answer. Or you want to be a great local employer and you want to do things the right way. That's also an answer. So I think I think there is an element that, you know, when you look at this this sort of debate about businesses, agents of change and innovators that are going to come up with ideas from everything from, you know, the way we consume you know, goods and services of the future to, frankly, some of the big answers to things like health, medicine, climate, you know, it's going to be entrepreneurs, it's going to be small firms that become larger firms that are going to be a big part of that answer. And that's, they are the, you know, they are the big bets on the table for the economy. And, and that's why they need to be, you know, properly supported, um, and, and properly sort of uh, given every opportunity to make that difference. Can I just go back to um, Charlotte's point about, you know, when you were in the room with small businesses and perhaps you got the pitch slightly wrong in terms of tone, we also find that people who are coming uh, to us to do the Help to Grow programme, um, most of them are really optimistic about their future and looking for growth opportunities. But I, I agree with you. A, a lot of what they say is that they do feel quite lonely, perhaps if they're running the business pretty much alone um, and the value of mentoring and what we provide on Help to Grow, which is the, the 10 hours of one-to-one -one mentoring. I just wondered whether Michael setting up your own business and Charlotte in your career um, in banking and so on, whether mentors have been important for you? 100%. I think mentors are um, used properly, right? And I think, again, it's, it's a term that, you know, it's, you know, Many people put many different interpretations onto it. But a mentor used well, I think that can be one of the most invaluable relationships that, that there is. Um, so, you know, both both in Help to Grow and in 10,000 Small Businesses, it's it's a key, a key component of the programme. Um, and the other piece that, you know, I would add on to that is we see our small businesses mentoring and, and providing that support to each other um you know whether that's on an informal basis or even sitting and supporting each other on 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 their boards for example but but going going back to you know to to me and and, and the question that you asked yes i mean i would say that every single moment i've been at 
a loss in my career or thinking about the next thing or looking for the next challenge or uncertain as to how to, to handle something, having that person, and whether it's inside the organization or outside the organization, um, at Goldman, I'm incredibly blessed that you know we have a very, very strong apprenticeship and mentoring culture. Um, and so I have a, you know, a number of people that within the firm I, I would go to and I would just say, you know, I'm struggling with X. How do you think I should handle it? And it's, um, you know, it's the best advice that you can get. I totally agree with that. And I, I mean, I've, I've had a mentor for a, a, lot, um, a long time. I suppose the thing is that they're, often they're quite, they're quite accidental characters that, you know, come into your life for very specific reasons. I think, I think the great thing about the course, of course, is that there's more, there's more design to it. I mean, one thing I would say is I, I spent the summer going to quite a number of our, our business schools that are delivering um, help to grow. And um, I, I'm just thinking about um, two meetings that I had, one, one in Strathclyde and one in Portsmouth, meet, meeting businesses that had been on the course. And I think that, you know, first of all, they they definitely did um, respond to this point about, you know, feeling alone um, and feeling more confident as a result of having gone through the course because, you know, th this creation of almost like a peer, peer group to actually um, grow alongside um, especially in women-led businesses as well, that was a big, a big thing of actually feeling that there was, you know, permission, that there was confidence, that there was a lot of things that were um, almost more intangible byproducts of the course, you know, by being a part of a community. Um, and and I think feeling about the kind of what comes next through through mentoring um, was definitely reflected in terms of the experience, the practical experience of those businesses having been on the course. And, and interestingly, um, many of them who'd been on the very, you know, first um, cuts of the course now wanted to give back themselves as, as mentors. It wasn't just one way traffic. I think, I think the interesting thing to think about with Help to Grow is where this might go when we've got 30,000 businesses that have been through it. And when those businesses have been catalyzed to be part of a much more active, you know, sort of, you know, sort of community of, of companies that can help others and, and be a part of, you know, a really special, um, I think, ecosystem. No, I was just, I was just going to leap, leap in there and, and, and build on that, which is this kind of concept of, of growth heroes and, and really picking up what you've just, just said, Michael, that small businesses look to other small businesses and other relevant success stories, right? And it's, you know, great when we talk about an Airbnb or an Uber or, or others, but for so many of our small businesses, I think that journey just seems you know, such a long way away or so, so un, unobtainable. But actually working with and learning from uh, someone, you know, whether it's in the sector or that's done something, um, you know, just ahead of you or better than you can be a really, really valuable learning experience. And so I also think we should I think we we should shout out more in this country, not just about our, our superstars uh you know entrepreneurs that have that have that have you know really taken those businesses international and to the next level but frankly you know those those growth heroes across the country who are still breaking new trends you know growing their businesses and frankly showing that that it's all possible <laughs> and and um and the impact that, that you can have because we know that small businesses learn best from other small businesses um and we learn they learn best from other entrepreneurs yeah, it's really interesting about the importance of peer groups. Tell us how important it is to have an established business network. 
Oh, yes. And I'm really glad you brought this up because I, f I feel really passionately about this. And I, th I think this is really incredibly important. Um, and so with 10,000 small businesses and now, you know, starting with, with Help to Grow, one of the key, key components is building a, a thriving alumni community, right? Um, because we all know that once a business has been through, you know, a three-month, four-month, whatever the, the time period is of the, of the core course, you know, your business still keeps growing. <laughs> you still keep having challenges. They evolve and, and they change. And, and you need that continued learning and you need that continued support. And so what what better group than to have that through your, your, your peer community, right? Because again, that, you know, the shared bonds of trust, you've all been through a shared learning experience. You've all got a similar framework. And so we spend a huge amount of time and, and you know, we're, we're starting this now as, as well with, with Help to Grow, nurturing that network, right? And, and because that's where much, much of the, the magic comes through. I mean, we've now got businesses that have known each other um, through the program and socially and through our, you know, continued alumni events and engagement for over a decade. And therefore, you know, the new businesses that are born from that, the new ideas that happen, the support that keeps them going when they when they have a rough a rough time. Um, we're always conscious about taking our businesses, you know, if we if we we're doing a big event or or so forth, we're always conscious about taking them, you know, out of the business too much. But then they consistently say to us, no, it's so important having that network and that space um, and those and the and their peer group. So for me, network is, is critical and supporting it in a smart way um, uh, is, is, it leads to, I think, really, really phenomenal. You know, two, you know, two plus two becomes five um, because the talent happens. Michael, I can see you wanting to leap in. No, no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thinking about what you're saying because I, I think, you know, at a very practical level, networks are recommenders, they're referrers, they're... You know, they are your extended friends and family, if you like. And, you know, I mean, you obviously you had um, you had Ollie on 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 the show. Ollie's one of the co-founders of Startup Britain. And, you know, you would be hard pressed to find a more network person. Um, um, and um, in fact, I think Wired called him the most networked man in Europe, didn't they? I think anyway, that was that was one of his accolades. I don't, don't think he wrote that himself. But anyway, might have done. But um, um, but 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 the point being is that. You know, there's that saying that reputation casts a long shadow. Well, actually, your network is a very important part about how your reputation is created because it's the people that will speak for you, vouch for you, and be part of you know your extended friendship circle. So, I think that um, I, I think it's it's something that a lot of people don't don't think about when they go into business because they think, well, I've got a product and I need to sell it, and 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 if it's good enough, that should speak for itself. But I'm I'm not sure that always holds true. I think, you know, I think you've got to have ways of actually spreading the word about what you do and, and actually having the people that will stand your corner. And I think a network does that. And I think it's both it's both organic, um, you know, much to your mentoring point, Michael. But I think, you know, we also have to be pretty deliberate about it. And so doing that kind of, you know, core stakeholder mapping and being really disciplined to stick to it. I think is absolutely front, you know, front and center, and and networks, you know, they happen organically, but you do have to work at them. And I and Michael, I agree with everything that you said about about their importance. But the advice that I would give to any small businesses listening out there is is really 
work them and map them and be and be very thoughtful about how how to how to use them it's a good it's a good exercise you know that by the way it's a good it's a good exercise just get a blank sheet of paper and think about the people in your in your universe and you can do it through circles um in terms of you know put headings against it and sort of put um and and it's incredible actually you know when you start that process um, what, what you suddenly learn about yourself and, 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 you know, the kind of network of connections you, pro- you probably have. And the ideas, Michael, that that generates, right? So actually, you know, the excitement about putting, you know, two people that you know well together and then that, you know, creates something new or, or a different idea is ultimately, you know, what, what keeps us alive and, and you know, spur, spurs that process of, of innovation. You're listening to Why Small Business Matters. Find out how Northumbria University can help your business thrive through the Help to Grow Management Programme, delivered by leading small business and enterprise experts from Northumbria University with the support of leading figures from industry and experienced entrepreneurs. The programme supports senior managers of small and medium-sized businesses to boost their business's performance, resilience and long-term growth. The 12-week programme is 90% funded by the government and the fee payable by participants is £750 and has been designed to allow participants to complete it alongside full-time work. The in-depth, high-quality curriculum supports you to build your capabilities in leadership, innovation, digital adoption, employee engagement, marketing, responsible business and financial management. By the end of the programme, you'll develop a business growth plan to help you lead your business to realise its potential. To find out more about the programme, the modules, eligibility and fees and delivery dates, go to northumbria.ac.uk slash help to grow. You're listening to today's episode of Why Small Business Matters. I'm Sarah Stevenson and joined by Matt Sutherland. Today we're talking to Charlotte Keenan from Goldman Sachs and Michael Heyman. I was wanting to move on a little bit. I know you're offering advice about networking there and practical things that will help a business. But also um, we talk a lot in Help to Grow about your vision as a business and and building your brand and and how you can really push your business forward on that basis. And I know, Michael, particularly in your line of work, um, that's fundamental to to how you relate to companies and, and how you help build their campaigns. I just wondered whether you've got any advice for businesses, perhaps who don't have a budget to go to a comms agency to do that for them, how they can really think about their own stories and, and build their own brand on, and value on the basis of that. Customers want to know what you stand for. I mean, I think that, that, you know, that, that is an increasingly important um, characteristic of who we choose to spend um, our money with and the goods and services. And I think that um, the rise of, of, you know, good companies is, is, a, is, is, not, is, is not by accident because, you know, in a, in a hyper-connected world, it's very easy to understand and to form an opinion about, about the sorts of um, businesses that you might work for or, or, or shop with. Um, and I, I wrote a book called Mission, um, which looked at actually, you know, a big part of this is that you're building belief. And so what people believe in, in it really does matter because it, it matters as a colleague. You know, is this, is this a good company or are, are we doing things the right way? Um, it matters um, in terms of your reputation. And so you can either do it, you know, leave it, leave it to sort of luck or you do it by design. And I think, you know, in, in many respects, starting to think about about what it is that you actually stand for and what your mission is. I mean, 
I think a lot of people say, oh, well, that's fine if you're a certain type of business because, you know, you can do that. But I, I would always challenge that. I think every business um, was built on an original mission to do something. Um, it, the, the question is, have you articulated it? Have you captured it? And then ultimately, do you choose to communicate it? So, you know, I, I feel that we are in, 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 in absolutely a major moment now in terms of higher expectations um, from people about business, rightly so. And I, and I don't think that's just about very large companies. I think this is about all companies. Um, and, and so I think it's in your own self-interest to start to think about what you stand for. And it's in your own self-interest to talk about it because you can, you know, you can benefit from that in terms of ensuring that you are setting the record straight in your own interest and actually promoting the values that, that you believe in and stand for. Yes, I would I would underscore all of that. And I think it it, it matters for customers and we see you know we increasingly see that. I think it matters in terms of your your workforce and retaining and inspiring and motivating and ensuring that you know fundamentally everyone is on the same page as to you know what what the company is and, and what the end goal is. But I think it particularly matters for the next generation. Um, and you know we we see as I'm you know I'm sure every business out there is seeing is is people want to work for a, a good employer. Um, and so when you know when people come to Goldman Sachs and you know we're fortunate with the with the number of applicants that, that we have every year, but people care about what we're doing in our communities. They care about how we're showing up, um, and they care about our values. And so the advice that we give to our um, our businesses on on you know ten thousand small businesses and, and help to grow is is, is you know, start at the outset, right? Um, because it's far easier to know what you stand for and know who you are as a small business um, setting out than having to kind of retrofit that exercise when you've got a thousand employees or ten thousand employees or, or or whatever the number may be. And the other and the other piece I'd say is, is make it authentic. Right. Um, and, and lean into authenticity and lean into what is what, what is true and do something that fits as a business, because that, then it works and it becomes an automatic part of the of, of the business's DNA rather than um, uh, manufacture something, something too artificial. And I think listen as well. You know, I mean, I mean, there are increasingly you know, immediate ways of understanding what your market actually thinks, you know, so whether it's things like Trustpilot or TripAdvisor or whatever it might be, is that, you know, I mean, a lot of, a lot of retailers will turn around and go, well, I don't agree with that or I don't like it, but, but they are like the pulse rate of how people are feeling about, about a business. And I think that you have an opportunity to think about the feedback that you're given. I mean, that, that's the sort of, you know, really interesting thing about living in a, in a digital age, of course, is that, you know, feedback's pretty instantaneous and understanding about how you connect. I mean, all businesses can really understand that these days because um, because there's no shortage of opportunities to sort of communicate. And I think that um, thinking about how you harness that and use that to get better and to improve is, is an important part about what an activated mission actually allows you to do. Today, we know that sustainability is really important to existing and any prospective customers. But how important is it to be sustainable? You know, I'd, start, I'd, I'd answer that, that question, Matt, in the first instance, because it's the right thing to do to be more sustainable. And I think that, you know, that, that, that you don't need a, 
You don't need a pat on the back for that. You need to see that as that if you're in a leadership position, you are empowered in your own way to make a difference and make a contribution. The second thing is, is that I think it's increasingly the direction of travel um, that that the market will go in, in terms of, um, you know, we've, we've just had our first experiences of 40 degree summers. Um, you know, they've not been... They've not been great experiences for an awful lot of people. And actually, there's a great deal of concern about what that might mean in the future. So I think I think the very practical questions that are now being asked are, well, what can you do to make a difference? Um, and of course, we're living right now, we're speaking, you know, in the grip of an energy crisis where, you know, I think there are very visible symbols of companies, you know, whether they're, how they're using energy, how they're, how they're you know, are they leaving their lights on all night, all those sorts of things that I think are, are right out there, you know, in terms of actually sort of very practical demonstrations. But I think there's also quite an inspiring one, though, which is that I do think that when you look at the story of innovation, innovation tends to come from small firms, and then it is larger firms that can take it to the next level and globalize it quite often. Um, but it is usually the spark of invention will come from those small players. And when you look at um, so many of the sorts of opportunities in sustainability right now, they are about providing answers, answers to the way that we, um, re you know, we relate to, to the planet and that we treat its resources um, more, more sustainably. But at the same time, we don't give up on the things that have delivered progress and have delivered the lives that, that we all live. So those are commercial opportunities for the right businesses as well. And I think that sustainable answers are going to be where, if you're looking for the unicorns of tomorrow, those unicorns are going to be delivered by companies that come up with those answers. So I think vested self-interest right the way through, the right thing to do and the right way for you actually to build your business. And starting at the outset, right? Again, just an un underscoring that the earlier that companies embrace this and think about how they're going to tackle it, what it means, um, and you know, again, underscoring your point there, right, Michael, innovating around it, is yeah. it's it's easier to turn a, a small boat than a, than a tanker, right? And a lot cheaper, <laughs> starting at the outset. And, you know, they, they talk about it in tech terms, about the differences between businesses that are born in the cloud and those that have had, you know, sort of decades of legacy. And, you know, for a lot of small firms, that are starting in 2022 and you know um, and beyond is it, it is much easier to be a net zero business if you start to Charlotte's point from the get-go than if you are a you know 20 30 year old business that is having to look at everything from supply chains to you know all sorts of different practices so stars you mean to go on we'd quite like to ask you a couple of questions actually about whether you can provide some um, practical advice to, to people listening to the podcast. So one of the things that comes up time and time again when we're talking to participants that help to grow is recruitment and retention, um, the skills gap. They Maybe they're not necessarily in a position at the moment where they've got much choice. Um, there aren't that many candidates coming forward for roles. I just wondered whether you can perhaps, whether there's something that you can say to some of our listeners that are really struggling at the moment to recruit, whether it's graduates or perhaps, you know, apprentices for their business. Yes, and I think this is a, a very, very real challenge. But I also think it ties uh, very directly onto what we've just been talking about. Um, and... It, you know, the workforce has, has changed. You know, the pandemic has exacerbated a, a huge amount of that. 
um, people, you know, values matter as people looked at, looked what what they're doing, and so it, 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 the business showing and showing what you're doing in terms of of who you are. Going back to our, our values discussion, um, picking up these key points of sustainability being a core bedrock of of the values of of, of the business. Um, diversity again, I think is is absolutely front and center. It's something that we we haven't touched on, but I would just I, I think is as important. The business are thinking about this in a, a smart way, you know, as, as part as part of the broader sustainability agenda. But ultimately, it's 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 it gets to the point of how why would someone want to work for your company, right? And why are they going to work for you than the next person? And you know, yes, you know benefits and salary is is obviously a factor but but fundamentally it's you know what is their belief in your company um and so it, it, it again it goes you know as michael you were talking about you know very powerfully in terms of brand it is what is the brand of your small business and what is someone going to get uh from working from a small business that they're not going to get from you know a, a much a much a much you know bigger firm or a more established role and so that's where it's it's incredibly exciting you know as a graduate joining you know one of the small businesses on on our on our program you're going to get to learn fast uh participate in in strategy um it, you know there will be a whole host of, of different challenges um but you know also you know challenges are, are the opportunity for for invention so I think it's I think it's for me it's that small businesses have to be bold and emboldened to really um, make the case for themselves as you know exciting dynamic employers that you know my own recruiting team here would kill me for saying this but things <laughs> but that they offer something very different and very very exciting that you're not necessarily going to get in a in a long established big firm. The job of the employer is to create you know conscious environments where people enjoy spending their time and I, and I think that's far beyond you know frankly pool tables and table tennis tables I mean this is about actually allowing people to sort of you know a sense of you know ownership in in the work that they do a sense of a sense of um a sense of belief that what they what they do matters and and being part of a team that believes it can make a difference and I think when you look at it like that you know, the job of the small business leader is, is, to, is to show their team that they can win on their terms, right? And I think that creates, it creates esprit de corps and it creates connection and it creates meaning. And those are, those things don't stop people ultimately taking a choice that they might want to go and see the world or whatever they might do. I mean, no, nobody should believe that just because you have a good, a good culture that it leads to the fact that people will stay for 30, 40, 50 years. I mean, those practices of people only having one job for all of their life. I mean, those days, those days are gone. And, and I think rightly so, and, and for, for the good on the whole. I mean, it, it helps people in their lives to have a lot of different um, experiences. But, but the, job of, the job, I think, of, of, the, um, of the employer is to create the best conditions they can um, to create the best connection that they can with their teams. And that creates, that creates retention. I mean, but but the, these are tough times for for um, for for business, and and you know there is a a definite shortfall um, of people who have decided they want to do different things, and I think that's a bigger challenge to business as a much bigger community, large and small, to show that it has real sort of 
um, you know, sort of, I, I suppose, purpose and jobs to do that require a lot of people to give their energy and times and talent to it to help it to help it actually fulfil. I wanted to ask Charlotte actually about your um, 10,000 women, Goldman Sachs women. Um, I did a podcast recently with the Millen Charity in the west end of Newcastle, which is a really deprived area of the town, um, the city, and over in Gateshead. And they work to support women set up their own businesses. So it's women entrepreneurs who come from very diverse backgrounds, but a lot of um, ethnic minorities and so on. And I just wondered whether uh, how you were involved in that with the 10,000 Women in India project? Well, I mean, I can talk about this for hours because I feel in- incredibly passionately about it. So in the, in the last, last couple of minutes, like in, a, in a nutshell, um, you know, 10,000 Women is, is our sister program to 10,000 Small Businesses. Um, it's it's global and it, and it focuses on giving female entrepreneurs and female business leaders the skills that they need to grow, recognizing that there there is a gender disparity and also that they need capital. Um, so we actually run a very significant capital facility with the with the IFC, um, which is part part of the World Bank. And I think this, you know, the, you know, w- women in business um, at all levels, right, is something that we have to acutely focus on. Um, we know that women have been, you know, one leaving the workforce at the at the fastest rate ever um, over the um, the course of the the you know p- p- pandemic, and and that trend has continued. Um, we know that the credit gap and the you know there's a global 1.5 trillion credit gap um, with female entrepreneurs. We know the the contribution that women bring to business, um, how they put forward, and 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 and, and, and what they what they how they're fueling um, their communities, and it's also really 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 hard, really hard uh, being a working female, particularly I think at the moment, particularly when you think about um, you know just a very very practical example like cost of childcare. In this country, um, you know, so so, how is someone? And that's part of the reason. It's not the only reason, but it's one of the many reasons that we are we are losing women to the workforce. Um, and so, you know, I think that the Rose Review has done some extraordinary work on this, and I think Alison Rose has actually been a, a phenomenal champion here. And actually, I would encourage anyone to read um, the introduction and the executive summary of that report, just highlighting the very real challenges that women face you know, all the way through from you know, cost of childcare to the broader aspects of care, which disproportionately fall on fall on women, to the barriers that they face in terms of accessing finance, um, to the the different nature of how you know we see again and again you know women embrace um uh, growing their business diff- differently not uh, 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 and and that's just that's just a reality and that's why you know with Goldman Sachs 10,000 women we absolutely recognize um and and support that but frankly the the challenge um of what we need to do and the focus in this country and globally that we need to afford to female entrepreneurs and female business leaders is is very 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 significant mm. and, and i think if i if i can add to that um and segue back into to um help to grow um i think that is a very practical solution also for um a lot of women-led businesses um to actually be a part of something and i think that you know possibly one thing i would like to sort of 
re-emphasize through through this interview is that what an amazing course it is and you know um matt and colleagues at northumbria are, are, are delivering it if you're listening to this and you're a, a local um northumbria based business um um just remember it's a 90 percent government subsidized course um for the 750 pounds you put in there's a seven and a half thousand pounds investment in your business immediately then um by the government you get um, an incredible opportunity um, to access leading um, skills from the business schools um, to become part of a cohort of companies and the mentoring that goes goes with it. Um, we have only 30,000 places around the country for this course. So there is an element of, of um, carpe diem, seize the day. And I hope that more businesses do it. Thanks again to our guests, Charlotte Keenan and Michael Heyman. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, why not go to the Small Business Matters page and listen to some of our previous episodes? We talked to Mark Philpott at MPH Limited about how he pivoted after the pandemic. And we've also talked recently to Baroness Tani Gray-Thompson about the duty of care in sport. This podcast is brought to you by the Help to Grow Management team at Northumbria University. If you're a small business leader and you'd like to find out more information about how to join the programme, please go to northumbria.ac.uk forward slash help to grow. <laughs>